What's up, y'all? It's Myron. And Alisa. For Pillow Talk and Prayer Podcast. We're so excited um, to be on again, to be able to talk to you guys about a very serious um, and depth topic. Um, I think many people enjoyed the introduction, honey. Yes. So we like to say thank you for everyone that tuned in and listened to our first episode. And welcome for episode two, Is Marriage for Me? Is marriage for me? That's definitely a question that I had to ask myself. Interesting. Uh, And I say that because I was trying to live this uh, playboy lifestyle, I guess you can say, before I got married. And so to you, obviously, Um, I was trying to have all of these different relationships with all these different um, individuals. And I never really had the thought of marriage. Like I didn't have like a book with like notes in it. Like my wife would be like this or my wife would be like this. And I never, I just, it ne- never came to me. So literally the opposite of me yes. because I had all of that, the book, cut out magazine pictures, everything just since I was a little girl, just dreaming about my wedding day. But that's the thing. I always thought about my wedding day, Mm. never about a life being married. Wow. A life being married. So when you say you never thought about the life, like you didn't think about the ins and outs, the commitment, sacrifice, dedication, no, I literally got to the honeymoon destination and that was the extent of my thought. I never even realized it until us having this conversation right now. You know, a lot of people talk about why they think marriage is for them, why they don't think marriage is for them. But I never thought about either one. It was always just about the wedding. So I guess my question can 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 be like this, honey. When we look at marriage, um, what do you think are the core values that hold the marriage together? Commitment and dedication. Okay. You have to be committed to someone and you have to have the dedication to see it through. You know, growing up, you watch movies and they always have the fairy tale ending. And that's misleading. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think that's one of the reasons why you always, I always thought about the wedding and never the marriage because the movie ends at the wedding. You never see past that point. Correct. So people don't understand the real commitment that it goes through. That we go through, and I don't say we as in you and I, I say we as in people that are married, because every day is not perfect. There are hard days. There are days where I'm at 100 and you're at a 50, and I got to just be that 100 for you, Mm. and vice versa. There are days where, you know, for example, it was the other day, I just woke up, but I need you to do me a favor. You got to go pick up. You know, baby girl from school. Right. You know, you got to take on people say 50-50, but it is 100-100. You have to put everything into it. That's why you see people um, maybe about two generations back, like my grandparents' age, who've been married 
50, 60 years and people are always, how do you do it? It's commitment. Definitely. (laughs) It's definitely commitment. And it's also, um, like you said, commitment, dedication. Um, I would like to say um, that those two things couple together with the fundamental of faith in God having a relationship with Jesus Christ, having a uh, having Jesus Christ at the center, having Jesus at the um not just the center but functioning and flowing to every aspect of marriage is a way that marriage is last. I have noticed yes. that, you know, even up till we said I do, even our commitment and time that we poured into um, building a stronger, healthier marriage, um, living um, a an example before God. And, and we can say that our first two years, uh, three years of marriage were were tough. I was young. I was 23. Um, and I had a lot of ambition and pride and things in my heart that if I would have maintained those thought processes and ideals. And this is something that I, that I have to say, we went through extensive marriage counseling. We did. But there were things in me that didn't show up until after we said I do. True. And it is crazy because I, I was like, wait a minute. I don't went through all this marriage counseling. But I want to say this marriage counseling is a vehicle and a tool to navigate you through um, coming together. Um, and, and being together and giving you foundational tools and principles to help you stand firm. But when you say I do, those don't go out of the window. They, the principles and the tools that they give you in marriage counseling don't go out of the window. Um, they stay, but you also got to remember if anything is in your life that you haven't laid down before God, mm-hmm. it's going to show up. And so even I remember we had a conversation one day. You were like, honey, you're tearing me down. And I'm like, no, I'm not. And you were like, no, seriously, like the way I feel when you communicate with me and we're getting ready to really open a can of worms. Um, but communication, the way I was communicating, how I was, um, explaining my heart to you was inappropriate because it wasn't uplifting. It was me tearing you down with venting instead of me saying, babe, this is the insecurity that I'm dealing with right now. Mm -hmm. And this is the area that I'm struggling with um, as a man or as your husband. And I don't really have an answer for it. And so I would communicate out of anger and rage and uh, fear and rejection and you're like, dude, what is going on? Like, we just went through all this marriage counseling. Where did this come from? And so it was parts of me fragmented from previous relationships that I was not completely healed from. That's good. Okay. And so I had to deal with those issues in prayer and fasting and in growing up because I was so young. I was only 23 years old. Yes. And I was still, there were certain thought processes and ideals in my mind that I thought were going to work or I thought were going to be okay. But the reality is, um, it wasn't, it, it just wasn't going to be, it, no, it just, no, that wasn't it. You made a very good point about God being the center focus and even mentioning how we went through the marriage counseling. Yes, it prepared us. But nothing really prepares you until you get that on-the-job training. 
Right. Definitely. Also, you mentioned, you know, how you communicated, how you were feeling. I don't think people take in the seriousness of it's not just you anymore. It's somebody else. You know, even the Bible talks about how you leave your mother and your father to cleave to your wife. Right. And people, I think they take that too lightly. Mm -hmm. I guess. No, this is your family now. Right, right, right. Everything is is different. Mm-hmm. It's not just I, 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 I. No, it's now an us. And people have to really understand that. You know, marriage is one of the most supernatural things that God created. Yes. Remember in Genesis 1, when God created everything. Mm-hmm. After each thing that was created on earth, he saw that it was good. Then if you go to Genesis 2, uh, 2 and 18, it says, And the Lord God said, It is not good for man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. And I never really paid attention to that. But comparable, not compatible. People Mm -hmm. look at marriage as being compatible with someone. Mm -hmm. But compatible is an adjective of two things. That are able to exist or occur together without conflict. Mm. There's going to be conflict in your marriage. And that's how the world tells us a good relationship is. That's why you see many people that do not last because of conflict. Oh, we didn't get along. Oh, I don't like this. Oh, you know, that wasn't for me. And they just kind of move on. But the world tells us that we should be comparable. And comparable is also an adjective, but it's a a single person or thing that's able to be likened to one another, Mm -hmm. something similar of equivalent quality, worthy of comparison. So that's why you see in Ephesians 5, where it says man shall be joined to his wife and the two shall become one because we are to be comparable and not compatible. It You come together, everything about who you are who you are, who you're going to be, that fuses in together. And that's why people, they'll, they they don't try to change, but you do have to change because it's two coming together to be one. And I think that is one of the lessons that I'm so thankful that we learned early on in our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, listen, we've been through some things. <laughs> <laughs> My God. My God. But um, I'm thankful that we went through those things early on. Yeah. Not, you know, just going through the motions of life, 10, 15, 20 years past. And then we realize we don't know who we are. And I hear that a lot now where people say, you know, don't lose yourself in, like for me example, don't lose yourself in motherhood. Don't lose yourself in wifehood. You know, who is Elisa? But the thing is, you can't, I can't be Elisa without being Myron's wife. Wow. I can't be Elisa without being our children's mother. It, that it's good to see the separation, but it's all one piece at the end of the day. And and I, when I say what you just said is so important to understand. There is no make, make very clearly ex- explain this. There is no separation. They all 
flow, function, and operate together. And so the biggest thing that I had to internalize and get and understand was this is my wife, but she's also a mom. She's also a business owner. She's also a leader in in the church. She's also a sister to 12 additional siblings (laughs) and the oldest sister. And that's the component. Another thing for me, like I come from a very small family. It's just me and my brother, my mom. Whereas you come from 12 additional siblings, your mom, your immediate family, like you guys are, are, are 30, easily 30 immediate family. Yes. So you guys flow function. So I came from this little small, little nucleus to this big thing. And I'm like, oh, oh my God, this is a lot. And I love the way that I was embraced. I love the way that I was accepted for who I was. I didn't have to make like these drastic changes to fit in and, and kind of fit the narrative. And what I'm also grateful for is I me understanding and embracing Hear me by, by tonight, uh, uh, um, embracing everything that you are. You're a dancer, your mom, your wife, your leader, you're, you're, you're an author. You are a worship. All of those things come into the, the part, uh, come into who we are as a joined together couple. And so, um, one of the things that, um, I want to add to tonight also, um, three things that really make a marriage, um, communication, finances, and intimacy are the three core things that if you study, if you understand anything about marriage, um, if you understand anything about coming together, the enemy loves to attack those three places. And so I'm going to deal with the biggest one is communication, uh, because my style of communication um, at the time when we first met was an acquired taste. And um, for me, I had been, which is weird. Now, let me say this because I had no problem communicating to my, my feelings to people that I wasn't committed to. Lord Jesus, Mm -hmm. I had no problem expressing my frustrations and my stressors and things that I was dealing with internally to people I wasn't committed to. But when I came, became committed to you, all of a sudden it became difficult for me to be able to explain and communicate to you what I was internalizing and what I was feeling. Wow. I think that even speaks to having the God um, aspect being over and being involved and threaded into a marriage. We know that Satan's job is to kill, steal, and destroy three things. The three things that make a successful marriage is being successful in intimacy, financial, and communication. Mm-hmm. The devil would love to commit your communication so now you're not talking. Right. He would love to steal your finances so that you are um, in a place of poverty, defeat, frustration. Yeah. All that comes in and then destroy your intimacy. Yes. So now you don't, you're not talking to each other. Mm-hmm. You, you don't want to be broke. around each other and you're broke. <laughs> it's like, well, why are we even together? <laughs> excuse me my goodness i wouldn't want to no seriously i wouldn't want to be in that situation i wouldn't want to be i would and listen we in the world it is easy to not communicate effectively and still get intimacy 
or not have a whole bunch of money and still be able to get intimacy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is these things, these issues, these, um, these, these core values, they're all centered around God. Yes. How? Cause somebody's gonna be like, well, how is that communication? If you don't pray, as a believer, the Bible says that we should always pray. We should ought to pray. If we're not praying, we don't have guidance and direction. Mm-hmm. If we're not sowing and tithing and giving our 10% or our first fruits to God and we're not sowing, um, it can create problems in your marriage, yes, in life in general. But the intimate intimacy component is worship, because if I don't spend time in his presence, if I don't spend time encountering God and 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 taking myself through worship and experiencing his presence and experience his fullness and experiencing his love and his kindness concerning me in one in, in the place of worship, which is another place of intimacy, then I struggle in my relationship as a believer. Because you won't know that. Because you won't know him. How can I call him savior and 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 healer and redeemer and all of these great things that he is, but I don't actually partake in his word. I don't talk, I don't communicate with him. And so I, I think it not strange that communication with God and communication with your spouse, it's a it's a direct link to how you can create issues on both sides of the gate. Because if I'm not effectively communicating to you and you see that there's something going on with me or and just not even something necessarily being wrong, if I'm not able to communicate to you from a standpoint of expressing love and admiration and 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 honor for you being my spouse, my wife, I'm going to have it, it's gonna create a problem because women enjoy words of affirmation. Yes. And we're not going to get into the love languages tonight, but I'm just saying like, it's an important part of being married. It's an important part of being able to live uh, this journey and this process called marriage and love. And so the question ultimately goes back to, is marriage really for you? Are you willing to lay aside pride? And the way that you feel things should be done to come together. Now, we don't believe in 50-50 on this side of the gate. Ain't no 50-50. It's 100 and 100. Um, That's right. And so, we don't, it ain't no like, well, I'm going to bring my 50%. You bring your 50%. That brings 100. No. We go all in from the time we wake up in the morning to the time we go to bed at night. Since we've been married, that is what we have done. And so, I'm not, I know, I don't have no 50 to bring you. Because 50 ain't enough. No, I need it all. <laughs> I need it all, baby. <laughs> all. And so we have to look at making sure that even leading up to marriage, what is your prayer life like right now? How is your worship life right now? Your intimacy with God? How is your, how are you uh, having self-control and able to manage because this is something that I'll be honest with I was buying everything under the sun because when I married you I married you at a bachelor stage I was buying clothes and shoes every mm-hmm. time the sun turned up 
And you like, bro, we got bills. We got responsibilities. You ain't just doing this on your own no more. We're together as a couple. And yes. so we need to talk about everything. Yeah. That's the one. That's why communication is so important because we have to talk about everything. We cannot assume we cannot ignore. There's so much that communication brings it brings clarity it brings understanding it brings a peace of mind it brings planning it brings execution it's not just simply talking communication is about listening it is about understanding Mm -hmm. it is about questioning it is about disagreements it's okay to disagree yeah People sometimes they don't want to talk about things. They want to shut down. They want to isolate themselves. Why? Why would you want to isolate yourself from your spouse? You know, I remember growing up watching movies and, you know, the hus- the wife would be mad at the husband and she, you know, she'd throw a pillow and a, a blanket out and go sleep on the couch. The devil is a liar. I'm not sleeping on the couch. That is weird. Why would you want to be mad? First of all, why would you want to be that mad at someone for that long that they're sleeping on the couch? You still have to talk about it. You still have to deal with it. You still got to see me. <laughs> that y'all still in the same house. Right. No. Well, we could sit down and talk about it. Yes, we might not agree, but that communication is so important. Yes. And I want to add another point. Marriage is stewardship. It is. Marriage is managing and balancing the day-to-day operation and function and flow of what God is giving you in Mm -hmm. every single aspect. Marriage is stewardship. You're going to have to steward this thing. You have to invest. You have to sow. You have to build. You have to harvest. You have, there are a lot of key components that go into this thing we call marriage. Even when you don't want to. When you don't want to. That's when you got to go the hardest. And this is something that we always say, love on purpose. Yes, yes, yes. I almost did a slow clap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to love on purpose. I feel that people that feel like marriage is not for them. Is because they don't have great examples of loving on purpose. Jesus. I There was a time where I didn't, once I considered marriage, mm-hmm. um, there was a time where I would be okay with not being married because I did not have the best examples surrounding me. Yeah. I had some good examples. I had some okay examples. Did I have the best? No. And also I was looking at things from a child's perspective. So as an adult, I might be able to view things differently in the aspect. However, I did not have the best examples. So I did not know how to love on purpose because I'm watching movies. I'm seeing people in the world and they talk. And when you're mad, that's okay. Go get that pillow in that couch. Crazy. No, you have to love on purpose. Crazy. Definitely crazy. And so, guys, tonight we are wrapping up. Um, we are so grateful for this first uh, uh, stint of talking about um, is marriage for me. 
Um, there's going to be a part two, but tonight we wanted to just give just the opening part to this to this very vast conversation because it's a it's so many different points and thought processes and things that we can add to help build. And so what we want to take the opportunity to tonight is just to pray um, for marriages tonight. Um, if you have a prayer request um, for your marriage, you're able to send it to. Um, you can send it to us. You're able to. um DM us. You're able to email. If you look at our bios, you will see all of the contact information. Feel free to reach out to us. Or if there is a situation that you are experiencing in your marriage and you just don't know where to turn to, confidentiality is of the utmost importance to us. So you will not be named um, during any broadcast unless you specifically request it. However, we do want to pray for people. We understand that it takes a village. That does not just include raising children. It takes a village. That's why the body of believers as a whole is so important because we need prayer. Prayer doesn't just help us. It helps others. It helps the kingdom of God. And there is nothing that God cannot do. The word says where two or three come together. And that's what we are here for. As we pray for you all, you all pray for us. Um, that's P-R-A-Y and not P-R-E-Y for some people that may be going through some things. We love you all. We thank you for um, tuning in to this episode and we are going to pray. We pray that your marriages are successful, that nothing that hell can send will kill, steal, or destroy that which you are pouring into. God honors marriage. It is one of the most supernatural things. And I pray that God is not only in your marriage, but he is over your marriage, through your marriage, under your marriage, surrounding your marriage. And so father, we thank you tonight that every marriage, every individual that is even desiring to be married or that is already married and there are challenges or issues. We pray, even as my wife prayed tonight, that no weapon formed would prosper. We pray that the peace of God, the strength of God, the wisdom of God uh, be given to help navigate through uh, this current season that they're in and navigate them to moments of peace, moments of joy, moments of laughter. We pray for the health and the strength of the marriage, that anything that's coming in to try to cripple it in the air, department of health, in the area of health, we pray that it be broken. Now by the fire of God, we pray for the peace of God, even in communication. We pray for the peace of God, even in finances. We pray for the peace of God, even in intimacy. Let their love, let that spark of love come back in Jesus' name. So Father, we pray now your blessing that you continue to keep and cover each and every individual that will listen to this live, that will listen to this podcast. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You may be able to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Pillow Talk and prayer podcast um you can send your email and your links or dm us um if you have any questions or prayer requests we appreciate you guys so much have a phenomenal night bye-bye